Black Women to Watch is on a mission to tackle the underrepresentation of Black women. We seek to celebrate those who are power rising through the ranks by amplifying their voices and their stories. These women run companies, transform industries, and are the very backbone of our democracy. Amazing in their own right, they are distinguished leaders, and through their journey, we uncover the keys of inspiration. As Vice President Kamala Harris said, Black women are often too often overlooked. And at Black Women to Watch, we're changing the game. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Black Women to Watch. Now, today's episode features Dr. Shanid Jenatin a New York-based, board-certified oculofacial plastic surgeon. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. She is the Beyonce of medicine. I love Shanif's story because it's the perfect example of not following the blueprint, but charting your own path. In 2015, she established her boutique private practice called Brooklyn Face and Eye with an emphasis on cosmetic eyelid surgery and minimally invasive facial rejuvenation. In the fall of 2019, Dr. Jenison combined leading industry research with her dedication to nurturing holistic wellness to create Epilogic, a benefits-based skincare line. For Dr. Jenison, beauty is about character and confidence spilling over onto someone's features. Therefore, all facets of her work intend to help people see beyond the barriers that interfere with our abilities to realize our true potential. Y'all, this is about to be something special. So put on a face mask, turn up the volume, and settle in. Hello, Dr. Jennington. I am so excited that you are here today. Lauren, I'm thrilled. This is like such a great opportunity to chat with you. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started. We've got a lot to cover And you are one of the most fascinating people that I've ever met. And I'm so excited that everyone will have an opportunity to hear your story. But before we dive in, one of the many things that we do here at Black Women to Watch is we ask our guests to share their six-word memoir. Now, these are six words that describe you and your life, and it gives us a little bit of a glimpse into who you really are. It can be funny, introspective, reflective, really anything that speaks to you. So what is your six-word memoir? I love this. Okay. Mine would be lost. No, drawing my own map. Oh gosh. I love that so much. Lost. No, drawing my own path. Yeah. I think I've taken a meandering course in lots of different avenues in my life, sort of like taking the path, not necessarily that was like straight or direct. I think like my path to my specialty, my path to my skincare line, it always has been very individual for me and I've taken my time and I've made some unconventional choices, but I've never had any regrets really like trusting my own instincts. All right. So let's dive in. I I think one of the things that is so interesting about the relationship that you and I have is that we met through an organization called Level. Now, for those who don't know, Level is an organization that brings professional women together who are interested in angel investing. And actually, my cohort invested in your business. And I've had an incredible journey just learning about you and your brand and also your story. And so I want to share a little bit of that today. And you know, I think it's always a really great place to start with who you were as a child. So can you give us a little bit of a glimpse into what young Shanib was like growing up and what your personality was like? Please share. 
Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I think I was probably as nerdy as they came, you know, like nothing made me happier than to just be like holed up in my room with a stack of books around me. Like I've always been somewhat of an introvert and I have managed to come out of that a little bit in my adulthood. But as a kid, I was like full fledged, just like in my own world. It was quite insular. In fact, I still remember what my encyclopedia set looked like. It was the world book encyclopedia and it had the bright red cover and there were volumes everywhere, all over the house. I'd be happy to just pick out a couple of letters for the day and just like flip through the pages. In fact, I would often just make a circle around myself with all the different volumes open to different pages and flip around when I got bored. So like bona fide nerd describes me as a kid. Okay, so the kid who grew up with a favorite encyclopedia and a self-described nerd, how does one really navigate themselves into becoming an oculoplastic surgeon? I mean, what does that look like? And how does the journey become something that lands in your lap? Yeah, like I said, most of the things I do end up with somewhat of a meandering, non-direct path. And that's definitely how I landed in oculoplastics. When I went to med school, I was fascinated with everything related to like personality and how who we are maps biologically to our minds. So I thought I was going to go into neurology or, or psychiatry or something along those lines. But I remember the very first time I saw a surgical procedure on the eye and I was completely in awe, like how precise and delicate and sophisticated the movements and the procedure was. Like I had seen nothing like it. And I just remember thinking to myself, I wanna be great at that. And so that's what drove me to ophthalmology. And then during my training, I quickly realized that I was even more in love with outside the eye than inside the eye. And that's how my primary training in ophthalmology as like an eye care professional led me to more plastic surgery focus, dealing with outside the eye, the eyelids and the face in, in, in its entirety. Okay, that's interesting. So you started off being really passionate about the eye itself, and then you made this transition into being really passionate about the things that happen around the eye. And it sounds like the skin and the sort of encompasses the eye, you know, that's really your focus. Totally. Yeah. If you think about, I know this sounds like so simple, but if you think about an eyelid, it's like the most simple structure, but also the most complex, right? Like the eyes are the focus of our face in terms of just like our connection with humans, but also aesthetically. But at the same time, like our eyelids are so dynamic and there are so many little structures in there that are responsible for them being able to actually protect your eyes. That I think that interplay of so simple yet so dynamic and complex is like, I could geek out on that forever. Absolutely. And I can hear the passion and the energy sort of radiating through this conversation. So that's incredible. Uh, All right. So we've talked about how you made this journey and you've discovered your passion. Today, you have a practice in Brooklyn. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So Brooklyn Face and I is my baby. It's in Park Slope, Brooklyn. I opened six years ago. And quite honestly, when I got done with my training, I was just excited to work. I was excited to help people. I was excited to use my hands, use my training. And I just found that as I was working in other departments, other people's practices, I just... I couldn't really deliver the kind of care I wanted to under someone else's guidelines, not having control of like how my patients were scheduled, how much time I got to spend with them. I just, it, it didn't work for me to have those boundaries placed upon me by someone else. So the decision to open my own practice was 
pretty simple, right? Like I, it, it didn't, I was in, I, I was out in the world practicing for maybe a year or two before I was just like, you know what, this is not going to work. I have to do this on my own terms. And that's how I opened the practice over the past five or six years. It's just grown little by little. And it's so amazing to go through the majority of your life in your training, just learning how to take care of people and the science of all that, and then translating that to actually doing it day to day and running a business. So it's been quite the adventure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, now more than ever, we are constantly on the hunt for finding ways to be connected to black doctors who can provide the services that we're looking for. And so to hear you talk about opening your practice and how it was sort of a decision that came pretty quickly to you and early on in your experience as a doctor, I think that's really profound and the impact is certainly there. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Epilogic. Let's start with the name. Like, What does Epilogic mean and how does that resonate with you? I feel like every answer I'm giving you is like revealing my nerddom just a little bit more. So I love love logic proofs, right? Like in math, I remember being introduced to like what a logic proof is. And I was just like, I never knew math was like elegant and beautiful. Like the idea of a logic proof is that you have something that you want to prove and it's your duty, your obligation to like prove that assertion in as simple and concise a terms as possible. So when I thought about my skincare line, that's really what it's about for me. I think that in my experience with dealing with my patients, I really learned how much confusion and frustration there was about how to find skincare. And so the idea of I can prove to you that skincare can be straightforward, impactful, and luxurious and do that in as concise and simple a way as possible was my driving force. So that's where the logic come from. Epi connotes the epidermis of the skin, but more than that, like epi also connotes like our, what surrounds us, what's outside of us. And so it's, I'm looking for people to think about how they can take that same philosophy of finding like beauty, indulgence in like simple things like your skincare routine, or even more than that, other daily things in our lives. So that's where Epilogic was born, that term. Wow. I love that intentionality and the meaning and the symbolism. Super powerful. So let's talk a little bit about birthing Epilogic and sort of where you were. What were the circumstances that led you to explore this business venture on top of already running a full practice? So You know, day to day in my practice, when I'm chatting with my patients, even though they're coming in and they're getting procedures done, I still want to make sure that they're taking care of their skin as best as they possibly can when they're at home. So I always engage them on what are you using so I can find out the holes in their skincare routine and hopefully help them optimize things. But when we would identify those holes, I would make recommendations on what products I thought made sense for them based on science, right? These are clinically proven ingredients. These are products that have those ingredients and those concentrations and you will see results. But oh my gosh, Lauren, like the glazed stares that would come back at me when I would mention these products, it, I like, it made me just wonder, like, why is it that all of the really great clinical skincare products are so boring? Like, why is it that we can't have a like beautiful, indulgent, luxurious, like self-care experience with clinical skincare, right? There is this great divide. So my thought process in creating Epilogic was I wanted something that I could easily and effectively offer my patients that would still inspire hopes for beauty for their skincare routine, but not compromise on like the efficacy of the actual product. 
So I think of uh, Epilogic as like a clinical skincare line with a modern luxurious twist. Yeah. And, and what's really clear about your brand is that it's modern, it's luxurious, and everything is done with intention. I feel like we keep saying this word intention, but you can truly see it in the product. Thank you. I like, I love hearing when the like little ruminations in my head and the things that I obsess about actually get realized and actualized when the intention is actually delivered effectively. So thank you so much. Yeah. The glass bottles were like an important detail for me. I love, first of all, that in your hands, like there's a little bit of weight, like you're forced to stop and pause a bit and like take that in. I think we're all super busy, but we all actually like stop at least once or twice a day and we take care of our faces. And for that moment to be imbued with a sense of really paying attention to our senses, really slowing down and indulging in that self-care moment. I really wanted to maximize the potential for that to be a really beautiful moment in someone's day. So the glass also for me, it's also about transparency. I think, like I mentioned before, there is so much confusion in skincare. And I think some of that is a little intentional on behalf of the marketing. I wanted there to be just like a clarity, transparency about what you were getting and what the experience was supposed to be about. Okay, Shanine, let's 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 talk about the beauty industry at large, right? So we know that the beauty industry historically has underserved black women, whether underrepresentation from those who are making it to the products and services that are out there, they're just frankly not made for us. And so I'm curious, you know, how does that come to play when you think about the products that you're building? Do you create these skincare products with women of color in mind or do you consider your products for everyone? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, the inspiration for Epilogic were were my patients. And so as I was trying to put together formulas, I was thinking selfishly of myself, right? Like wanted to be able to take really good care of my own skin. But I had different women's faces in mind. Like I would remember like, you know, helping a certain woman with her skincare and like telling her this is the product she needed. But, you know, she was kind of underwhelmed. So I wanted to make sure that I was actually serving my patients. And my patients, they're, they're every skin tone. So they were very much at the center of the um, formulation experience. And at the same time, I want to make sure that they feel seen as I communicate the product's benefits. I think that's a large part of what has really frustrated women of color in terms of their seeking out skincare products. Just not knowing that their skin tone, their skin concerns are taken into consideration when products are formulated, nor is there an effort to make sure that they're seen as a proper or appropriate customer for this product? So I wanted to make sure on both ends that women of color were like at the center of the process. You and I have talked about how you've built this brand in the midst of the pandemic right before I think the pandemic hit. And that's an incredibly difficult time to introduce a new product or a new brand. We are still in the midst of this pandemic And a lot of people, although they believe we're sort of coming out of it, I'm hopeful that we are. But the reality is we're still in a place where we can't operate as we used to back in 2019 or even early 2020. And so how are you thinking about growing and evolving this business in the midst of a very real, although turning a quarter, pandemic? Yeah, I've got to say that For Epilogic, the pandemic actually helped us. I think if anything came out of 2020, it was like a forced slowdown. We were all forced to change our 
grind our daily routine and slow down whether we wanted to or not. And I think that resulted in a lot of people actually leaning more into the self-care space. So I think people that were like hesitant about delving into skincare previously were a little bit more open to it. They're at home, they have more time. I think people that were reliant on visits to the doctor, the dermatologist or the plastic surgeon for treatments weren't doing those things. And so they were also a little bit more motivated to take better care of their skin at home. So if anything, the pandemic has given Epilogic a chance to really speak to a consumer that was actually looking for guidance and help on how to take care of her skin. Moving forward, this is like a very interesting time for Epilogic. I, I developed Epilogic for my patients, for those within my practice. And now that it's gaining a little bit more interest, I now have to understand how to scale it so that it speaks to people that have never met me, that have never been my patient. I have a lot of retailers that are interested in carrying the line now, which is so exciting. But as a young brand, I'm just trying to be smart about how I scale so I can meet the demands. I can keep the integrity of the product intact. So it's a very interesting time. As we've talked about as the sort of like theme of this little conversation, there is, I am having to chart my own blueprint at this time. And as much as I've had other mentors and other people in the skincare beauty space to lean on, Epilogic is really different and really distinct. So I'm trying to make sure that I can keep all that intentionality intact and still grow the brand and feel proud about it. Okay. I gotta, I gotta ask the question, right? So regardless of your industry, regardless of your experience, I think when you're a woman and especially a woman of color, there's going to be a moment or frankly, several moments throughout your career where people challenge you. And I would imagine in an industry like the beauty industry, that happens more often than not. And so talk to us a little bit about how that has happened for you. And if you had to navigate those instances of, I don't know if it's like rejection or instances of just really questioning your ability or your skill set, how, how do you navigate that? Oh my gosh. As you were like asking me this question, I'm so brought back to a moment. I think it was three years ago. There was a terrible snowstorm in New York, and I help, I help out with teaching some residents at, at a hospital here in the city. And there was a young woman who came in with a raging infection around her eye that was causing like, she basically had collections of infection behind her eye and it was imminently threatening her vision. So I got called in to do an emergency surgery on her to address the infection late at night, like insane snowstorm. And I remember she was like, understandably so incredibly nervous. I remember the anesthesiologist was putting her to sleep and I was like holding her hand the whole time. The next morning I went to her hospital room to check on her and her mom was there. And her mom was like, I heard how lovely you were to my daughter yesterday. She remembers that you held her hand as they put her to sleep. Thank you. But now that the storm is over, can you ask the real doctor to come in and take care of her now? I remember feeling like, Oh my God, like I was enraged. And I just kept thinking to myself, like I did the surgery, your daughter's doing better. She even mentioned like something positive about a really terrible experience, yet you are discounting me. Like what more can I do? Yeah, stuff like that, like it will really like eat at you. But you know what? I just said, I am the real doctor. If you want someone else, you might wanna like 
consider another institution, but I'm responsible for her care while she's here. And you just show up and you be your best self, right? There's really nothing else you can do. And if anything, I am just more motivated to show people that I am better than any of those other surgeons that you could have tried to call in to take care of her. Do you know, like, I just, we're going to deal with these sort of challenges all the time, but we just can't let them eat at us so that we don't like step into our full excellence. Because if you let it really get at you, it could really erode at your self-confidence. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. You know, you want to, you want to believe that in those moments that you can have that type of decorum. (laughs) I mean, that, that is, it's shocking at the same time. It's not, you know, you've gone to medical school. What more do you need to do? Right. You saved this young girl's, uh, you know, sight. It sounds like, like what, what, what more could you have done? I think hearing from, you know, people like you who've had to navigate this, even at your level and all that you've accomplished, it is, it is disheartening, but it's also reassuring to know that, you know, figuring out a way to handle it in the moment and continue to um, leverage it as fuel to, you know, prove that we are just, we're black women to watch, right? <laughs> like we are. We're people, I love how that was an awesome opportunity to plug the name of this platform, but that's why I created this, right? Um, And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to talk to you and to share your story. I want to make sure that we have an opportunity to just share, like, where can people, if they want to get in touch with you, where can they do that? What are the social media channels, the website? Can you give us all of that information? Sure. So Epilogic, the website is epilogicskincare.com. On Instagram, we're at epi.logic. For the practice, it's called Brooklyn Face and Eye, and the website is brooklynfaceandeye.com. And on Instagram, it's at B-K-L-Y-N, face and eye. Awesome. Lovely. And so I know that through this conversation, people are going to find their way over to your website and to check out your products. Y'all leave some for me, okay? It's like you want to spread the good news, but you also want to keep it to yourself because people then take advantage of like, buying everything out. No, no, no. You guys go buy it out. It's incredible. I love the line. I love all of the the products. Check it out. We'll have more from Shanee. We'll do a check-in maybe in a couple of months to just see how things are evolving. But thank you so much for your time. Oh my gosh, Lauren, thank you. This was a fun chat. I really loved it and I would love to come back. Dr. Jenaton is a Black woman to watch because she takes every opportunity to leverage her magic to make an impact. Now, I'm definitely going to hold her to that promise to come back and give us an update. But until then, be sure to check her out on social media and on her website. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for checking out another episode of Black Women to Watch. We hope that you're leaving with helpful nuggets of inspiration that can propel you even further into your journey. Now, if you like what you heard, take a moment to follow us on Instagram at Black Women to Watch and leave a comment sharing your feedback on this episode. And also share this episode with all of your friends so that they can be a part of the conversation as well. If you have an idea of a guest that we need to host on this show, be sure to visit our website at www.blackwomentowatch or hit us up in the DMs on Instagram and let us know who we need to invite on this show because we're always looking for more transformational inspiration that can help us all in our journey. Another episode is on the way next week, but until then, stay inspired. Stay inspired.